Um, and if we focus on understanding that positivity is a skill, it's a, a, a mindset that you learn to develop through different techniques over time, it becomes easier not to allow the noise of negativity and outrage of the world affect us all. So, on that note, we're going to try and discuss some uh, difficult or annoying issues that's happening in the world, but we're going to try to not uh, go down the rabbit hole of negativity and allow it to affect us um, in a negative way, but we can address the stuff, stay positive, and maybe focus on some positive outcomes and positive framing at the same time. Uh, Jesse says, good morning, Bridget. Uh, Bridget and Jesse are here as well. Uh, oh, no, hopefully this... No, it wasn't. Uh, Bridget's asking if it was a deaf issue. No, it's not a deaf issue. I don't know what it is. It's. I don't think it's the turbo because the turbo was replaced last year and cost me a fortune. It's... Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's... Um, I don't know. My guess would be... Uh, a, a leak in the exhaust somewhere because it's starting to bleed off and uh, losing power a little bit. But again, the turbo's brand new, so who knows? Who knows what it is? Welcome to trucking, everybody. <laughs> Fake trucker, right? Like all those feds said, oh, Dick, remember during the convoy, all those feds got online? Oh, Dictor's not even a real trucker. Yeah, you can see my bills. See how the bills are very real. <laughs> okay, I want to just start with Something I tweeted this morning as we talk about some difficult issues, which is this. And this is my tweet. I'm going to read it for you. Have these two obvious statements been forgotten? Number one, don't hate the people you disagree with. And number two, don't hate the people whose opinions you criticize. Is that, have people forgotten that? That just because you disagree with somebody, especially online, that just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean you hate them, doesn't mean you want any ill will for them. Um, I mean, listen, there's there's people we dislike. There's no question. There's a few people that I kind of, I could say I would just I would describe them as I hate them, but uh, I don't allow that to really affect the rest of my. I largely just ignore them. But people you engage with who disagree with on certain, especially political issues. Do you hate them? Why, why would you hate people who disagree with you? You know, like I know when I did the um, trigonometry interview, I'm sure there's topics that we could have talked about that we disagree with, uh, political issues, whatever. But I would never hate them as a result of it. Okay, we disagree. There's some things you agree with, some things you don't. And I've, I've mentioned a few times that when you're going for coffee, coffee with Connor and Stelios from Lotus Eaters, who guys are you know, very, very different political mindsets, different political opinions, but they don't hate each other. They just talk it out all the time. And then sometimes they're like, okay, well, this is not something that we're going to agree with. So I think just just a really important thing that just because I might disagree with people or even criticize people's opinions doesn't mean I hate them and they and, and vice versa. They, they shouldn't be hating me. Now, people in the political frame buy into that, the political operatives, because they look at the world exclusively through political glasses. And when you do that, it's always my team versus everybody else. But we shouldn't be like that. Leave that to the political losers to be like that. Bridget says, did you che check the sensor to and from the turbo? Bridget, of course not. Of course I didn't do that. 
Because <laughs> I listen, Bridget. I'm used to like V8s, V6s, little four-cylinder turbo engines on a car. Uh, diesel is something new to me. I'm still learning. I just um, uh, I'll, I'll let my guys figure it out, and they'll teach me what happened, and I'll I'll let you know. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, it sounds like it could be a sensor because it was. I noticed it's starting to be intermittent. So that might be it. But anyways, I don't know if it's related to a blow valve or something like that. But anyways. All right. And so first, uh, I want to just address something. Somebody came into a Twitter space who was very, very nice and asked me if I left Canada. Uh, she was under the impression that I live in Florida or something to that effect. Uh, I think, yeah, I think she said Florida. And you could tell she was gearing up to, <laughs> to tear me a new one. And so she started with, where are you living? And I'm like, what do you mean? I I'm, I'm, I'm in Canada right now in my truck driving. And she said, oh, you're not living in Florida? I'm like, no, no, I'm not living in Florida. So more of the rumors that people read about me, you know, the he's gay, he's married with kids, he lives in Florida, whatever. And this is why I love what Scott Adams is trying to teach his audience, that nothing you read about a public figure is true. Uh, boy, I can tell you, having been through the ringer a little bit, wow, is that accurate. Because nothing, nothing you're reading about anybody is true. Nothing you're reading about anybody related to the convoy, none of it's true. None of it. It's all narrative. That's just the way our system works right now, right? So anyways, um, the, uh, okay, so... <laughs> I didn't get, to get I wasn't going to get into this much, but she was very her her perspective was well, you know, you you help lead this movement of you know fighting for freedom in Canada and the truckers and all that sort of stuff and you know opposing government authoritarianism, and she's like she's getting really fed up with people who just get up and leave, and I get that I get that, but I thought what I want to know what I want to explain is a little bit of my frame and tell tell me what you think, okay. So this is my, fr my frame. Uh, what I did is I dropped when I was asked to join, and this was long before I knew Bridget because nobody told me about Bridget. And when I asked, they just dismissed her and said, oh, she's just a, ro a, a, a road captain. That's how the political class treated Bridget. But uh, And we all know, as if you read my book, that really the genesis of it came from her online. But I, um, So I was called and asked to get involved and you know do messaging and all that sort of stuff. And so I dropped everything. I dropped everything in my life. I was working on podcasts and a whole ton tons of stuff. And I just dropped it. And I came on board. I did the media strategy, figured out a framing for the convoy, um, a framing that would protect us against the government so we wouldn't take the bait and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I reached out to everybody I knew for years that I never asked a favor of, some of them with very, very large platforms. Uh, I reached to every contact that I had to try to get help and attention on the convoy. Because remember, the beginning, the mainstream, the legacy media was ignoring it. I call it mainstream. It's fringe. Fringe corporate media or legacy media. Uh, so I reached out to every contact that I had. Uh, you know, During the convoy, I rode off my car, uh, drove into a tree. 45 minutes later, I was on Steven Crowder, so I, I didn't stop despite you know destroying my car. I uh, broke my ankle the next night. Uh, again, I, I didn't stop. Had two surgeries. I didn't stop. You know, after the, the second one, the first one was just a reset, but the, ex the one that was the actual, like, more serious surgery, 
you know, two days after my surgery, I was in the freezing cold with my broken ankle on stage, uh, high on Deloitte, trying to do my weekly thank you speech for everybody who supported us. We had conservative saboteurs trying to destroy us from the inside. I didn't stop. So I didn't stop after the surgeries. I didn't stop after breaking my ankle. I didn't stop uh, after even when we saw, I saw people were trying to sabotage. Actually, I tried to do my best to prevent them because I was warned about the people who showed up who were tied to the JCCF, that it, it's just a rage farming organization that brainwashes uh, conservatives to raise money for themselves. I got dragged into a class action lawsuit that Bridget is, is involved in as well, uh, where we're being harassed for $450 million for a few small businesses. I don't know how that happens. And uh, what did I get? Now remember, this was somebody who was inferring, you know, you did all of this, you have to stay and fight. So what, what was the result? Um, I mean, the, the positive was we all got our freedoms back. So, uh, or at least we had somewhat of a return to normalcy. It took time, but we got there. But, you know, me personally, which is when they say, you know, you need, you need to stay and fight and you fought and all that sort of stuff. Well, what did I get? Uh, I don't know. The people who sabotaged us raised millions of dollars out, off of our backs and then they stole it for themselves. I've had a mod, mob of, uh, quote, freedom fought, fighters, degenerate lunatics, targeting and harassing me on behalf of the political class for the year and a half. I had an idiot lawyer. I call him Fuckface Miller. Remember Miller time? <laughs> fucking asshole uh, trying to frame me on stage during the POEC when what he said he knew he must have known was objectively false but yet he still promulgated this in the middle of a commission uh, had Wilson targeting me and lying about me on the record at the POEC uh, trying to defame me and myself, myself and others as well uh, that's when he said you know basically the uh, convoy drove lunatics it attracted lunatics like moth to the flame, to a flame. Uh, and all I did was exactly the favor I was asked to do. And that's, that's all I did. And now listen, I'm not complaining, by the way. I'm not, I'm very happy that we have somewhat of a return to normalcy, okay? That's not why I bring this up. I'm not bringing this up to, to complain. Um, I'm just trying to, to, to give you a sense of the frame that I myself and Bridget and some others have been through since the convoy from the very people we were trying to help who asked us for help coming and stabbing us in the neck okay would you stick around what would you do i mean yeah i've i've i'm stuck around and sticking around but would you stick around after that after all for the all these people that you helped at the first opportunity because you won't engage in political team play and they're all getting bribes from political parties, uh, ton, well, political parties, from donors to political parties. Some of them are making, getting $3,000, some are getting $12,000 for their organization, and millions of dollars have been flowing to defame myself and others and whatever. Uh, would you stick around? Would you stick around to continue to help? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's, you know, that, that's the reality of um, what they've been trying to do. Again, I'm not playing the victim uh, narrative, let them bring them on because I'll fucking destroy them all, which is what I'm going to do, right? But would would you stick around? And also to add to that, do you understand why people don't speak up, right? Because if you do speak up, and I know some other people have been through this as well, where they do speak up and try to draw attention 
to some of the corruption, some of the dangers that are happening within our political political class, what happens? The political class sells them out and targets and, and harasses them, which is exactly what's what's happened to us. Now, I personally, again, I don't care because I have nothing but contempt for uh, politics and our politicians. I, they, they really are, most of them are complete morons, but they're sneaky morons, right? They're, you know, we, we use the word criminal uh, a lot. And sometimes people use it uh, sloppily. So let me kind of define it, the, the difference. Uh, these people are criminals. They're not convicted criminals, but they engage in criminal-like behavior all the time. That's what I just described. This is, this is what a criminal does. A criminal tries to exploit the weakness in every system, right? That's what they did with the Freedom Convoy. They tried to exploit us, and then they tried to go to you, the donors, and exploit you for money that they kept for themselves or to funnel to their other lawyer friends, right? So... I know, it's, we're getting to the positivity. <laughs> I mean, for a look, the positive frame around all of that is the fact that regardless all of the nonsense that we've been through, I think society, let's take the noise about what's happening in the Middle East right now in terms of our individual, individual freedoms. We're not wearing masks right now. You saw they were trying to test the whole uh, bringing back mask mandates, what, about a month ago? You saw how that burned <laughs> that just died right in front of them, and we're not going to be going anywhere, right? So uh, that's the positive in all of this, that sacrifice that we made and that I made, despite all the people who turned on us and stabbed us in the neck, uh, we still maintain, we still were able to move to a better future, which is I think we're going to. So that's a good thing. All right, uh, nothing just popped This is interesting. Popped up yesterday when some people were sending me some messages. Mr. Free Speech, Grifter Ezra Levant, as I describe him, has blocked me on Twitter or it blocked me. I can't see his tweets for whatever reason. Um, and I'm just curious is it because I asked the question why Ezra Levant and Rebel News spiked the exclusive interview of Tamara and myself on January 30th? This was the exclusive interview for the entire world for the biggest news story in the world that Alexa recorded, and I've posted the picture, I'll post them again, uh, that was an hour long, that explained all of us in our full context. We would have front run, or we would front run the, the legacy media, and everybody would have known the entire truth of why we're being there, what our grievances were, and all that sort of stuff. We gave the exclusive interview, or I gave the exclusive interview, because I told Tamara not to leave, uh, to Rebel News, and what did they do? What, what did they do? They they didn't even upload it. <laughs> Yet they have the content because they still, you know, when they want to focus in on Tamara to exploit you for more donations and more money and to ensure nobody else can raise money, they sometimes use uh, some, of the, uh, some of the footage where Tamara is sitting next to me and you can see my sleeve in it. <laughs> such bullshit. But anyways... Uh, I also happen to know where Rebel News gets its money, and it is fascinating. It is fascinating, especially the foreign sources of their funding. That's right. They, they do get foreign money. Uh, but in my opinion, uh, people like Ezra, they have – for those of you who don't know uh, the Jewish community, it's kind of complex. But this is an important thing to understand, especially for the Fed McKenzie's of the world or people who buy into their bullshit – 
Uh, he, Ezra has this disease that, that some people in the Jewish community have. Uh, what it is is they can be the only they can be the only person from that community who speaks. So what happens if somebody else gets like more gets more attention uh, or better articulates an argument or reaches more people like Daniel Boardman, uh, Ezra will just stab them in the back. Uh, there's a there was another guy he, um, he was a member of Parliament for the Conservatives. I can't remember his name. I don't really care, but I, and he was the same thing, right? There was uh, they always had to be the one who could speak. Nobody else could speak, and uh, that's the disease that Ezra has. Maybe that's why uh, he refused to upload the uh, the exclusive interview for the biggest news story in probably Canada's history at the, that point. And the reason I say that is let's remember that every time somebody says all the Jews work together, no, no, no. They're a group like everybody else. We have a bunch of assholes, Ezra Levant being one of them. And uh, that's just the way it is. All groups are like, that's why it's not helpful to talk about different groups and to focus on individuals. Because when you focus on individuals, then you can pick out the assholes in those groups, right? So it doesn't really matter. Uh, so if you're watching Rebel News, you're not watching news, you're watching political paid political propaganda it is a pay-for-play organization and um, yeah i've talked a little bit i'm getting going to a direction with this whole con inc thing which is really fascinating and that's what you're watching so if you watch rebel news and you think what you're watching is fact uh it's not now that's not to say when they don't show when they show up with a camera and they they see a whole um, you know, a, a, a gathering of you know terrorist supporters in Mississauga. Yeah, that's that's accurate. But guess what? Anyone can do that. You can do that too with your cell phone, right? So that's 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 not a journalistic organization, right? But uh, anyways, the positives of all of this is now we li live in a world where I and others can help pull the curtain back for all of you, so you can see what's behind and how the mechanism. Of this whole structure works, which is what you're going to learn over twenty, the rest of 2023 and 2024. So I hope that helps. I mean, it should. The truth always helps, right? I mean, that's just uh, my experience. Uh, Ken says, who funds Rebel? <laughs> that is a very interesting question, Ken. We're going to talk a lot more about that in the near future. There's... Um, there's lots of places. <laughs> they don't really, you know, and the best is when they do a grift. Like, I have a question. Remember uh, Rebel News? Did they fight convoy? They had a domain. Like, they do a domain for every news story, right? It was, um, I don't know, help truckers or freedom con rebelnews.freedomconvoy.com or something. Where'd all that money go? Right? I, I didn't receive a penny. Bridget, did you receive, did you receive any money or representation? From Rebel News, Bridget, because I didn't receive any. <laughs> uh, Jesse, I love Daniel Borman. He's amazing. Yes, and he's also another person that Ezra threw under the bus, as I've uh, mentioned. But where is the money? Where, where's all the money that they they raised? And now they're going after more money <laughs> through their proxy, because the Democracy Fund was also uh, created by uh, Ezra Levant. But whatever. Listen, it's my opinion. I could be wrong. But... That's been my experience uh, with – I met him once at a dinner 
And he really was a fucking asshole. I gotta be honest. He really was just the biggest asshole I had met in quite some time. So I, I, I don't really... Anyways, it's probably the last time I'm going to talk about him, to be entirely honest, because he's just a waste at this point. All right. So to move on from that, uh, let's start with some of the negativity around what we're seeing in the news and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, look, it's, it's quite difficult for some people and it's more difficult for other people to understand and conceptualize why people get angry, the way people talk about it and stuff. And... Uh, that's why it's important to understand, to remember the first thing I started with, just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean you hate them. And we have to um, we have to extend that courtesy to everybody because sometimes people just don't know. We saw that with COVID. You know, people who um, followed legacy media who thought COVID had a, oh, sorry, they thought the Cervasa sickness had a death rate that was, let's say, significantly uh, more extreme than what the data showed. Right, And it's not their fault because they're subject, subjected to just one narrative that is often fabricated and they don't e- hear any of the other counter narratives. And by the way, or count or sometimes the truth, I don't know. And also, you know, there's we 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 got to get away from the bifurcation of there's two sides to every story. No, there's multiple sides to every story. And usually there's one that's the truth. But then a whole bunch of different narratives around that, right? Um, everyone is saying that uh, Tamara Leach playing in the band was money for Ezra. Of course, because he's using her. I, anyways, well, I know a little bit more about what's going on there. But let's just say she's not the smartest person in the world. You know, but uh, it is what it is. So um, in this frame about what's talking about what's going on in the world right now. I want to start with, first, I'm sorry, the fake news media, the legacy media, has always been fake. It's never been truthful. It's just gotten worse and worse over time. I think 24-hour news had, uh, has exacerbated that problem, but it wasn't true, right? Um, so I want to start with this first point here, and uh, this is when heads are going to explode. But I'm sorry, uh, there's an expression I love. Facts don't cease to exist because they're ignored. All right. There is no such country as Palestine. doesn't exist. There was. There was a, uh, a region called Palestine that was uh, basically run by, well, after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, it was controlled by the British who maintained the name Palestine that was given to them by the Romans just to piss off the people who had lived there a couple of thousand years ago when the Romans uh, ruled over the region. Uh, but in, in Judaism, it's you, you, if anybody's read, I don't know, the Bible, there's a reason it's called in the book of the Exodus. It's called Israel, Israel. There's a reason it's called Israel there because that, anyways, um, this is long before nation states when the world was run by empires, but you get the idea, and that was the region that it was. So there's no such country as Palestine. So when you see somebody who's saying any sort of news stuff or newsy stuff, Israel versus Palestine, no, that is that is a complete fake misnomer. And I think it's intentional to confuse people. But what you're seeing is uh, you're seeing Israel versus Iran and a little coalition of countries that Iran is involved with, one of which being uh, Qatar 
and Qatar is the country that launders the money for Iran. So this is so remember that the next time somebody says Shia and Sunni don't get together, don't work together. Uh, yeah, you see that you're seeing exactly what's happening in the Isra- in Israel right now as a result of it. But basically, uh, in in the, in the state of Israel, there are a couple of regions where the refugees were were placed when the British left the Middle East and 850,000 Jews were expelled from the neighboring Arab countries so they had no no choice but to emigrate and go to the modern state of Israel of which there were many Sephardic Jews living there since the dawn of civilization or the dawn of Judaism so I don't want to give too much historical background, but there's a reason. There's a reason for this. So in Israel, there is a West Bank, uh, Gaza, and the Golan Heights, which are the territories where the refugees uh, are living. And the UN, somewhere, for some reason, we all love the United Nations because they fuck up everything. Uh, the, Uni- the United, Station, United Nations uh, decided many years ago that, oh, the Palestinian plight, which was promulgated by the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, they would have generational refugee status. How do you have generational refu- refugee status? What the fuck? You know, like, I don't know. My friend Salman, who came here as a refugee from Iran, does that mean his, uh, his son or daughter, when he has children, they're going to be refugees too? No, that's, that's not how it works, right? So anyways, um, the, the basic point of this is when you start to see Israel versus Palestine, you're either seeing people who are deliberately trying to fabricate a narrative or they just don't know. And it often, you know, again, the fake news has been fake news for a long time. And, uh, but the country of Israel, if you look at the Palestinian flag, uh, sorry, the Palestine flag before 1948, you'll notice it's blue and white with a star of David on it. Because it was a Zionist government back then. Even back as the World's Fair in, what was it, 1914? Uh, the World's Fair, where the government of Palestine had an exhibit, and it was a Zionist government. Which has always kind of been the case. As you can go back and read it in the Bible. So, but anyways. Um, what I want to write down here. Uh, so, okay, so. This The problem here, the reason I want to bring this up, why do they keep using that? Why do people who want to deceive you keep using this word Palestine? Why in, 19, in the 1960s did the, the PLO create this brand of Palestinians, which didn't exist before? That's all. This is a branding, or, uh, um, a branding exercise from some exiled Turks who were from the Ottoman Empire. They're Arabs. They're just Arabs from the region who, were, who were, lived under the Ottoman Empire. Why did um, why are they doing this exercise, right? Well, it it fuels. There, there's I'm going to get to the why in a second because there's a strategy behind it, but it fuels the problem that we have in the West when this issue comes up, especially amongst the lefties who really look. They mean well. They don't want to see people die. They you know, but they have a very superficial view of the world. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them, and we've been trained that we've been taught and trained through our education system on this particular issue that defer to the moral equivalency. It's all, we have this abundance of moral equivalency and what about, aboutism with certain topics as we are trained and propagandized through our media. 
We've been trained to react like this. So this is a form of brainwashing, and it's, it's stimulus. It's trigger words, if you will. I, I don't mean the modern, you know, uh, lefty woke supremacy, woke supremacy as they use trigger words, so they're going to get upset. No, they're actually trigger words, almost like it's like a form of, I mean, it's marketing, but it's a form of hypnosis almost, that people are trained to respond to stimulus. Um, interesting point, Jesse, I'm going to get to it in a second. So, uh, all right, I'm going to give you some examples. So, the recipient, when you hear Israel, you are trained through trigger words that Israel is the trigger word, and you would, is on the lefty side, you respond with, but Palestinians, right? And that's done through repetition over and over and over. You hear the word, you respond, but Palestinians. That's brainwashing. There are other examples of it. You hear the word gay, and you respond homophobic. Same idea. Same stimulus. Same, the trigger word in that, in that example is gay. And the next thing, you hear the word Islam. Islam is the trigger word for an auto-response of Islamophobic. Right? You hear the word Trump. Trump is the trigger word. And what do you respond with? Racism. Welcome to brainwashing and the power of persuasion. Now, there are people who are really good at it. Uh, I learned a lot about this many years ago just as when I went knee-deep into marketing and stuff. But this is how we operate as human beings. This is the operating system. This is why there are some people, and I don't buy into this entirely, but I understand where they're going. And I think for, for t different topics, for different people, it's valid. When people say, we don't have free will, this is what their argument is. And there's, again, I'm not saying I agree with that, but I can understand in certain contexts how they come to that conclusion. Because if you can be programmed to hear the word Israel, and every time, well, not you personally, but you know, people, if you hear the word Israel and your auto-response is but Palestinians, that is programming. That is being, you are being primed for that. You're being trained like a dog to do that, right? Um, and this you see in the, um, there's a very, uh, a video I've posted a few times. Actually, John from Lotus Eaters uh, posted, I retweeted it recently. It's that, um, that John Birch Society video from 1969 where they're reading from the Communist Manifesto and they're explaining that I can remember the exact wording that he used, but he said, you know, in the party directive, it says when, you know, a certain undesirable is becoming problematic, blame them with uh, some of the exotic words or uh, apply a label to them like um, racist, uh, anti-Semitic, uh, many of these words that we hear all the time because that is the process of trying uh, to uh, to brainwash people utilizing these trigger words, right? And it's done through repetition, and it's when, been done through repetition in our society through education system, right? And it's been promulgated by a bunch of people who they're not evil, they just believe it. They believe it, they buy into it, and then they train the next generation to do the same thing. This is kind of what Yuri Bezdemov was uh, talking about. And a, a lot was occurring in psychology, the turn of the century, you, that's why you have Bernays and Freud 
um, that were so uh, influential because these people started to understand on a very basic level. It's, it's so much more advanced now. But how human psychology works and how we can all be programmed to regurgitate an opinion. And that's what the political class is using. And might I introduce you to Rebel News? Think about all the things you get angry about in politics. How many of you were watching Rebel News a lot and started to adopt their opinions, right? And it's not to say that they're evil. Um, they just have a certain political bias and are trying to persuade you uh, sometimes in the opposite direction of some of this nonsense. Okay, well, that's, that might be good, might be bad. That's why people and entities and life is not good nor bad. Life is in a gray area, and anybody who tells you that there's two choices, there's very few things in this world where you only have two choices. But when everything gets to be framed in a bifurcated manner, those are not people who have your interest at heart. And that's why it's important to understand what your maybe opposition thinks, what the messaging they're making that's why I knew, look, I know Justin Trudeau's philosophy inside and out. That's why he was so easy to predict during the Freedom Convoy, right? Because it's all the same rhetoric because that side of the political aisle is programmed to engage and respond to stimulus. So just a refresher of these because I had to write them all down. I don't want to lose track of them. But trigger word is Israel. You respond with but Palestinians. The trigger word is gay. You people respond with homophobic. Trigger word is Islam. You respond with Islamophobic. The trigger word is Trump. And you respond with racism. That's what's happening to the other side. This is also why the people who maybe are on the, on the other side politically, it's best to have compassion for them. Because they probably don't know this is happening to them. They don't know that. They don't understand. They haven't been subjected to another set of ideas because they're, they're trapped in an echo chamber. And we're not going to be able to get, them, to get them out of that echo chamber if we do this bifurcated uh, view of the world and start, you know, criticizing all of them and whatever. Okay? All right. So... Con Inc. <laughs> Remember, Con Inc., or I like to call the Canadian version, political convoy. And that statement of the Canadian version is a clue. Egypt is saying that Israel was forewarned about the attacks and did nothing. Thoughts. A lot of people who I know who are very sympathetic to um, Israel, this one particular person who, um, who I, I quite care about and uh, understands this stuff, uh, she said, you know, to get from Gaza to the Ashkelon, it, why did it take five hours? And this person is not a conspiracy theorist, right? Why did it take five hours? It takes 10 minutes by car. It takes two hours by bicycle, on a bicycle path. So how did that take five hours? Now, I don't know. I always saw, I like to side with Hanlon's Law, never ascribe malice to which... Uh, to those that can, to things that can be explained uh, with stupidity. Who knows? Were they giving too much um, artillery, as some people su suspected, uh, to Ukraine, <laughs> and they dwindled their immediately immediate supply? Maybe I don't know. That could be. Is it just gross incompetence 
Is it because they did so- something tactically that Israel never expected? You know, the those makeshift uh, paragliders with the little engines? Were they so small that radar couldn't detect them? And uh, I don't know. Who knows, right? I'm sure at some point they'll, um, they'll figure it out, right? But uh, there's going to be some uh, people who've got some answering to do because it's supposed to be a very, very secure country. It needs to be for their tourism industry. And, you know, if you've never been to Israel, it's not about being Jewish. Like if you're a Catholic or you're a Christian of any sort, uh, yeah, I know a lot of Christians who have gone there and not even religious Christians. But they went there. They went to see kind of the, the Christian sites, the Roman stuff and whatever. Like they loved it. And it's Israel's security, a Western nation that allows you to go there and not have it destroyed like those inbred ISIS motherfuckers were doing all throughout Mesopotamia while they were raping, raping and torturing everybody they could see. Which, by the way, isn't that exactly what they're doing? Well, they did this weekend, right? It's the same philosophical worldview. And Bridget brings up an excellent point. Trigger word, Freedom Corp equals political grift corp. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's going to haunt them because we're going to make sure this haunts them. All right. Uh, so anyways, let's talk a little bit about uh, Israel. And let's try not to do it in <laughs> – already I'm sure enough people upset when I say – uh, when I bring up the factual truth, there's no such country as Palestine. There's a country called Israel that used to be called Palestine under British rule. And when it was handed over to Israel's to the Israelis, it was renamed back to its original name, Israel, as it says in the Bible. But it's not a recent book, by the way. All right. So the protest, uh, we had – you know, talk about something specific – we had a vigil, a vigil in Canada. There were vigils all over the place. Uh, but in the example I'm going to talk about, it was in Toronto. There were 20,000 people that were pro-Israel that assembled. Uh, I don't know, if, are they pro-Israel or are they anti-this anti diversity bullshit that they're just tired of it? And there was a lot of, a lot of people from the Indian community who've been great. Uh, a lot of people from the Iranian community uh, who understand the threats of this sort of extremism. And obviously many people within the Jewish community were there. So um, that was fine. I didn't go because I was on my way back to Canada. I don't know if I would have gone because I probably would have been as aggravated as I always get with these things. Because you know who was on stage? Who do you think was on stage at the pro-Israel vigil yesterday? Think politicians. This is the problem. That's why you don't bring politicians to those events. You know, the people say, oh, we need to get the politicians on board. No, fuck them. <laughs> Anyways, who was on stage? <laughs> I'll, give you an, I'll give you a hint. It wasn't the, F, the Waffen-SS Nazi. He was not on stage at the vigil for Israel. But you know who was on stage at the vigil for Israel yesterday? The granddaughter of a Nazi who hosted the Waffen SS Nazi, Krista Friedland. She was on stage at the vil- at the vigil. Now, do you think anyone booed her? Do you think anybody said get her off the stage now and showed some strength and leadership? 
You think anybody who said, get out of here, we don't want you here, Miss Waffen-SS Nazi? No. No, not one person. Which is why that had zero credibility, in my opinion. Sorry. I know that upsets people. But, you know, the problem...